Hey, Tim, how's it going? Hey, it's going fantastic, David. Coming at you live from the Moen household here in northern Alberta. It's a balmy minus 25 degrees. And uh, yeah. All right. Um, Well, that's a good start because, well, so first of all, we're trying out a different video format, I think. So people will just see your head uh, yelling at them with all of this excitement. But I wanted to ask you how you stay excited about politics because... I was excited about politics for about one year, one year ago, and I've already gotten over it. And I think a lot of people just get exhausted. Um, I got exhausted. And in particular, I think it's like not the fundamental issue. So I get more excited about like philosophy and these sorts of things now. But you keep on keeping on. You're, you're you know, looking into running for the conservative leadership. You're a libertarian leader and you're reading and you're engaged in politics as such for quite a long time. Yeah. Is it because that's what libertarianism is it because libertarianism is shallow and doesn't have a base deeper than politics or like but even still how how are you so excited how do you keep the energy to be engaged in this stuff because for most people it's just exhausting and that's why you know there's low voter turnout most people couldn't care less and even if they try to care it's too hard But you're different Oh man well when you put it that way <laughs> <laughs> Why am I like this? I must be <laughs> mentally defective because uh, you're right. <laughs> what the hell am I doing this for? What are you doing? Uh, yeah, no, you, you know, it is a good question. Um, the, and, and that's the thing. Like, I, I'm not this boundless uh, energizer bunny that you might right. think I am. Uh, I go through low points. I mean, the last year was definitely a low point. I, it it kind of went up and down, right? Yeah. I mean, when you're connecting with people and you know, you're getting some praise, I guess, or people saying like, Amen, yeah, Tim, like you, you, you're like, the, then it's easy. Uh, when okay. it's hard is when you see everyone abandoning you. <laughs> and when you see constant criticism on your social media and everywhere else. Uh, yeah, it's like, why, why am I doing this? Or when you just look out into the general la- cultural landscape, and you notice that it, it feels like you're not making a dent at all things right that 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 is difficult but that's also kind of what motivates me in some ways too because i think Mm -hmm. what motivates me more than anything is waking up angry at something i saw on facebook like just having steam coming out of my ears because god damn it these are the people that are going to be uh responsible for the 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 world my kids and my grandkids live in and right. I need to set this straight somehow and I need to rail against the machine. Right. And, you know, we, we kind of talked about manufacturing consent in our last uh, episode and this idea that all the things government does, whether it's an atrocious income tax, whether it's endless wars, whether it's the printing up of, of money nonstop and the devaluing of our dollar and the running up of our debt and all these bad things that government does, this is all being cheerleaded by our neighbors, by the people around right. us, by the the horde on Facebook. And this is why zombie movies are so bloody <laughs> uh, popular these days, uh, you know, in, in my mind is us. because a lot of us have this fear of the mindless horde, right? That wants to right. eat our brains. If we're showing any signs of life and make us a brainless, ni- mindless collectivist like the rest of them. Yeah. Um, you know, and between that and vampire movies where, you know, to me, vampire movies are essentially 
kind of this fear of the elite, right? These people, sociopaths who have no ability to self-reflect. They can't look and see themselves in a mirror and who are parasites on the rest of us. You suck, suck, yeah. the, suck the literal lifeblood out of us for their uh, power. And, all. you know, there, there's a reason why these archetypes exist in popular yeah. media. And, um, and so, yeah, when I see, see the zombie horde out there restless, I feel like I got to stand up and fight it somehow. And so it's not out of, it's not like I'm doing this out of some need to self actualize. It's, it's almost out of a place of panic and fear of, this horde overrunning everything I love and all the people I love um, that, that energizes me, I think. So what makes you different? Because I think a lot of people to the degree they understand it, they're scared of it, but they don't care and they just get dejected. There's no way to change it. It's just the way the world is. Um, But you want to fight and a lot of people don't. Right. right? Uh, I mean, I'm even struggling with, you know, where or what to fight. Um, Yeah because it just doesn't seem worth it right it's more like you know i'll try and like screw the new screw society it can do whatever it wants hopefully it doesn't kill me while i'm trying to set up my new one right and it's like right. you know let them be damned right um yeah there's i mean something you know else to be said from fighting within it and trying to uh you know save the the, the people and honestly, it, it's probably kind of just the philosophy of the happy warrior, right? Like something Penn Jillette said years ago really stuck with me. He said he he was kind of poking fun at Barack Obama's book. The, the title was Audacity of Hope, right? He's like, but there's no audacity in hope. Like if you have a high confidence that there's going to be a good outcome, there's no audacity in moving forward. Where right. there's audacity in moving forward is when things are absolutely, utterly hopeless, right? right? Like if you're surrounded by the zombie horde and you've got one bullet left in your gun and it's hopeless, like they're going to take you down. Do you put that gun to your head and pull the trigger to <laughs> save yourself the suffering or do you go down fighting? And I don't know. I'm just wired to go down <laughs> fighting. You know, there's some something about being alive in that moment of, hopelessness i've been called by you know my old campaign manager said i've got some kind of like this is a remnant of my uh christian fundamentalist past with uh the the idea of self-sacrifice being the most noble thing you can do maybe there's something to that i don't know about the psychoanalysis so i was i was actually gonna pitch that it had something to do with your christian past but not that aspect of it but the aspect that you actually know and you've experienced what it is to be a zombie, to be one of the people who buys into it and just marches along. And then, and I think I have as well. And that's kind of what keeps me, it's like I've woken up to myself. There are some people who never experienced it really because they're just detached from it generally. But you and I took things so seriously, right? So we, we bought into what we were sold and then we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whereas a lot of people, they just don't, right? So it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. clearly that's silly. And, and so maybe it's some of that aspect. It, it, it could be. I, you know, I don't know if, like, I certainly, where I realized where that, yeah, I realized at one point that, that I had, that everything that I believed about the world was just put there by others and that I had mm. nothing to do with it. That was very disconcerting for me. And that certainly motivated me for a while. <clears throat> but I, you know, I don't know if I'm playing armchair psychologist, I would say, <laughs> look, my mom groomed me from a young age to, uh, to, to spread the gospel. 
And, you know, I always imagined myself going to, to exotic lands and saving people and something about that really appealed to me that I could be the one to lift these people. And I bet you there's some part of that that's still in my operating system that says, okay, even though I can't buy into what I was proselytizing in the past, I still have this operating system that says I need to go out there and preach and proselytize people to, to save the world or something like that. And that even if it's utterly hopeless, um, even if there's always, you know, that, that it's just the, the end of it in and of itself is what I'm doing. Maybe that's part of it, but, but you know, another part of it too is, is that, you know, I go back to that story where I almost died in a, in a house fire and I just decided to only start doing things that really aligned with my meaning. And the right. way I tell is almost if they spark join me, if they're things that I would do if, that I would almost pay to do right? right. Rather than constantly chase money uh, and, and doing all these jobs. And I had a business at the time where I was doing a lot of these corporate gigs and things that were, they, they paid me some money, but I, I it was just a burden. It wasn't, a, yeah. it wasn't filling me up. Um, and then the, these kind of opportunities like, you know, leader of the libertarian party and, you know, all these other things started opening up pathways open up and, and they've been fun and they've been enjoyable. And, and, you know, so to me, it, the, the, the act of doing it is more fulfilling than any outcome that might come out of it. Um, right. So I'm not attached to the outcome as I am attached to living right here in the present, in my meaning. And, and it's not, that's not always easy to do. You know, like right now I'm at a point in my life where, okay, what, like I'm kind of at a, at this confusing gray crossroads where like I could, I could see a direction I could take in my career where there's all sorts of opportunities opening up. I can see directions politically that are opening up. Uh, but you know, there's also things that are being removed from the table. Like I, I kind of feel like my, my tenure as leader of the libertarian party is waning, right? This last mm-hmm. year was a big hit. Like our party just had the life sucked out of it and there's nothing I could do about it. Um, and you know, like even just this morning I woke up and someone put a comment on a YouTube video I did, um, kind of thanking the PPC candidates for running. And it was, the video was kind of designed to try to attract PPC candidates, the libertarian party. And this guy said, well, I was one of the people that kept your party alive and signed the triennial forms that kept the party alive. And and I just left because of this video. Fuck the PPC. Um, right. And so that kind of stuff, again, to Jack, like, I don't know if I'm making mistakes and screwing up. But like, it seems like there's a number of people out there that just, there's nothing I can do that's right. 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 Like, I, I, think, I reach out to the PPC. I'm a bad guy. If I don't reach out, I'm a bad guy. Like, it's just at, at a well, certain point, it's becoming tiresome. And yeah. And so I hope by the end of this video, I don't convince you to to quit, but that's what I was getting at. The whole nature of politics is that there's so many people that no matter what you do, there's people mad about it. And the yeah. nature as well is that you said a lot of people like jump ship for the PPC. That also is the nature of politics, right? Most yeah. people just are pragmatists and want to try and get something ahead. And so it's interesting to be one like, I viewed myself as principled, so I need to stop caring about politics. But you're trying to, you know, ride that line, right? I'm principled and political. Um, 
which, yeah, again, seems seems difficult. I'm wondering though, you know, you you joked or half joked about like the proselytizing, right? If yep. you save one person, is that of value, right? So you're fighting a big political battle, but you know, yeah. um, what I find valuable is I'm having conversations with people and I'm getting them to think, right? And it's like, right. especially they know my views on stuff and then I'll say, well, but my view is really different on this thing. And, and so that is quite valuable. Do you, is that sort of some of the fuel um, and kind of the work yeah. that's I mean, going that- on? that totally fuels me, you know, that that is what keeps, that's probably really what keeps me going is seeing that I'm having an impact of some type, right? Mm -hmm. And like, the the politics is just one method of getting that out there, whether it's the most effective method or the way the place I can have the biggest impact. I don't know. That's kind of where the confusion is right now. It's like, Mm -hmm. maybe there's a better place because it seemed like, you know, in 2015, when I uh, quit my job and cashed in my retirement, focused on this full time, I was certainly having a much bigger impact. I was getting invited to speak all over North America and the world. Um, and, and that felt like, okay, I'm really on the right path here. But since then, things have waned. And, you know, now I'm, I'm like, honestly questioning, okay, well, what's the next thing for right. me? You know, and I'm, I'm kind of confident that there's something's going to emerge. But right now, it's, it's difficult to see what that is. And maybe it is just becoming newly invigorated in the libertarian party itself. You know, I think I've pretty much ruled out the conservative party run because they want $300,000 within basically, I have about 10 days from now to raise it, which, you know, okay, that's fair enough there. They, and, and I'm also looking at, at what's going on in the mainstream media around it and uh, thinking about all the things I would have to do. And I'm just like, there's no way I can do that. Like I can't fl- just pick up and fly to Ottawa and do a press conference and then start touring Canada. I, right. I have to focus more on my family and paying the bills and, and my career right now. And so what mm-hmm. I have to do, I think is whatever I do on the side now, it has to be a side hustle. I have to focus on, you know, my family, let me do this thing of quitting my career and cashing in my retirement and all these kinds of things. And I can't put them through that again. Um, you know, I, I have to, I have to focus on that, make that my priority and then figure out, you know, so, so I think the next phase here in my life is going to focus on how to, how to align making money and paying bills and still doing really what I love, which is, um, connecting with people, making an impact on people. And, um, that so that's the next uh thing that i'm going to figure out and i I think part of it is you're helping me figure this out like even just having this conversation is helpful because i'm saying words out loud that have been eluding me for a while right having Mm. being able to talk like that and we're doing a podcast here that is reaching a certain number of people and you know as it grows maybe this becomes an avenue and things open up so this is why Mm. i say i'm fairly confident uh i'll figure this out um going forward you know, and, and I, another part of me is is hesitant to let go of the Libertarian Party leader thing, too. Right. And I don't know, part of me is thinking, okay, like, what, who am I if I'm not the leader of the Libertarian Party of Canada? What am I then if that title's gone from me, and I'm just a talking head on the, on the internet? Like, can I have an impact? How do I build up that impact? And that's, there's a little bit of fear there that I have to deal with, too. Yeah. You know, because maybe the best thing is for me to walk away both for myself and for the party. Maybe the best thing for the party is for a new leader with all sorts of new energy and their own retirement fund that they're willing to sacrifice uh, to give a kick at the cat. And, uh, you know, there's but part of me has this attachment that uh, 
you know, I have, I have to deal with as well. Yeah. And that's fair. And I, I mean, I don't mean to like imply you should leave the libertarian party or no, anything like that. Like my, my approach has been, you know, non-political, right? Like that's just right. where I've ended up. But I do think the fact that your principles and your principles led you to the party rather than the party being what gave you your principles. I think, mm -hmm. yeah, like people like that, people like you, they do find the next thing, right? It does come about because you're dedicated to the, the meaning is what drives you forward. But it is, yeah, it's, it's like what is best politically as well? Because like, like what is the time frame of, of the game we're trying to play, right? right and, right. you know, by the time I'm, I'm 60, do I hope to be able to live in, you know, a, a, a rational free society? Is that even possible by then? Or yeah. is it, um, and like, what is the path to get there? It's, it's quite yeah. a difficult. Well, well, question. I operate under the assumption that, that it's not possible, right? That, that things are utterly hopeless, uh, you know, in terms of the kind of libertopia that we'd like to see in the future or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and, and try to make my decision based on, on that. Like, even if things are completely hopeless, is this the right thing to do or not? Right. right. And because things are right, whether they're popular or not. Right. And, you know, what we're talking about is popularizing these ideas so that they become ingrained in culture. And then the culture shifts the government and, the, and, and we get uh, a better outcome. Um, that would be nice if it happened. But I assume that it's not going to happen. I assume that everything that that those long term goals are hopeless. But at the same time, what I find with goals and with kind of a vision or something like that of the future is that it, it, it kind of gives you a target to aim for, right? A direction mm -hmm. and positive unintended consequences happen, even though if you, you don't hit that target directly right. or you become short of it or something like that, there are ancillary, ancillary good things that happen because of it. Like I've learned to become a better public speaker. I have made invaluable connections with people. I've had other opportunities open themselves up to me. Um, you know, I see uh, libertarian pub meetups happen after I leave a place and, you know, they're still going strong. And I think, okay, well, what's the impact of that little thing? So, so I see these positive ripples that are going out because of what I'm doing. And, and that is enough to sustain me, even if I don't think we're going to reach that goal. It might be a different yeah. goal or it might be something even better. Like who knows if the world... Uh, it conforms to my unreasonable demands on it, but there's enough people out there that are being impacted by it that I have to think some good things will happen for it. If things go to hell in a handbasket, if the economy collapses, there's enough people I know that will have each other's back that I, I you know, that that wouldn't have happened had I not done what I was doing. Right. I wouldn't right. have the, developed a network of security for my family that I think that has improved because of what I'm doing, for example. Yeah. So, and I think if anything, yeah, it's again, just to anyone listening or watching, it's, it is important to stick to your values and principles, but like the, the form they take, I guess, uh, can shift. Right. But so it sounds like you're not as excited as you once were. And it's kind of like, well, a I'm bit not as excited. I'm not maybe as excited about the exact method that I'm engaged you in right been now. Using, right. Yeah. Yeah. Because <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, to, to make this particular platform or method effective and 
to have the most impact, which is what I'm going for, I really do need support. Like I need other people. Like it's contingent on other people, right? Yeah. Right. And right now that's waning. Like there's just not the support there mm-hmm. from other people. And so I, it's kind of like <clears throat> I'm, I'm having to listen to the marketplace a little bit right? and understand, okay, this might not be where I can have the biggest impact. Like people just aren't as enthused as they once right. were about what I'm doing here. And I'm not meeting whatever I was meeting in them, you know, back in 2015 when there was all this enthusiasm and people were loving being part of this thing that I helped create. Um, Okay, well, now maybe I have to create something else. Maybe I have to look and see what the market is and and see how I can make an impact with my principles, with my values, um, just using a different methodology or uh, a way like I I just have to listen to the marketplace, right? Like an entrepreneur a bit. Yeah, that makes sense. So do you have any last points on what you think is next or, you know, now that we have your cogs turning? uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I I definitely want to, uh, you know, I I think it's important to be, to consistently do things right. You know, Mm. that's one lesson I've really learned in the past year, whether it's diet or exercise. I mean, it really doesn't matter what you do in the gym or what you do with your diet, but it's, whatever, if it's consistent, um, in marginally the, the right direction, then you're going to see improvements over the long term. Like those little t- good decisions you make every day consistently add up to something big mm-hmm. over a longer period of time. So yeah. I'm not looking for that one big thing right now. I'm just focused on what are the little things I can do. And one of the things I can do is continually, consistently have these conversations with you, these podcasts, mm-hmm. and, um, uh, you know, and see what emerges from that. Um, you know, so, so I'll just keep making those positive little steps and see what happens. And, and I find that generally when you're making those positive little steps, quite often opportunities open up like bigger opportunities. Right. And then you know, you go down that path. So I'm just going to trust the process here that I think I've figured out since that uh, basement fire, which is, you know, because I, again, being the leader of a federal party, uh, you know, working with Neil Young and Daryl Hannah, speaking all over the world, that was never a goal of mine. Right. Um, It was just like, what are the things I can do right now in my life to focus on meaning? What are the relationship? What are the things that spark joy right now today that I can do that'll be a positive little impact? forward right and um that has led to awesome things for me and so okay those things the chap those chapters are closing probably Mm -hmm. but uh, you know i'm just going to keep doing the process and maybe something else will open up and probably will if history uh is any indicator cool thanks tim i look forward to seeing uh what happens you betcha